Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. On today's show, Jeff Large from Come Alive Creative joins me to talk about voiceover from a podcasting point of view. Jeff and his team help companies produce their podcasts and develop strategies for their content marketing. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Well, Jeff, can you tell us a bit about yourself and share more about what you do? Yeah, I am whatever title you want to go with, owner, CEO, founder, <laughs> all those things for Come Alive Creative. I have been doing that now. We started back in 2014, um, began as more of just generic web dev digital marketing, and then probably within a year or two, completely niched down on podcasting and have been there since. And so, like you said, uh, we're working with a lot of companies and making some pretty cool shows. Yes, you've been working with many great companies and um, and you do great work. So can you take us through your process when you're producing a podcast for a client? Yeah, it really, from a broad perspective, it's top down really four main pieces. We're looking at it from a planning standpoint, a production standpoint. Production's where most people's minds go when they think about podcasting. And then promotion. And then the piece that a lot of people often forget about is tracking the progress of looking at if it's working or not. And so from there, I can kind of drill down or we can ask something else. It's up to you. I think what a lot of people have on their minds is definitely the tracking the progress of their podcast. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So that one's the fun one because it starts, it's almost like the beginning backwards. And I used to be a teacher. I used to, I'm just shy of my master's degree and I ended up starting to work for myself before I finished. And it's one of those situations where you don't need a degree to work for yourself. So I never finished it. But it's this philosophy of, I believe it's teach by design. And the whole idea is that you start with the end goal and you work backwards. And so from an educational standpoint, I might need to teach a room full of middle schoolers like a specific grammar concept or a particular type of poetry or whatever it is. And then I have to ask myself, what are those steps that are going to get me to that point? It's kind of exciting um, how much our backgrounds and our histories play into sort of where we end up now. And I'm sure the listener can think of this. I'm sure you can think of like your experiences before where you are now kind of lead into it. And it plays out with our clients a lot. And so we'll start from the very, very beginning, like on my initial call with a prospect before they're even working with us is I want to know things like who is the target audience? What is the goal? Like, why are you doing a podcast at all? And specifically why this medium? Like, what is it about this medium that, um, just appeals to you or that's different than say doing a blog or a video series or whatever it is. And so when you start with those goals and you define them up front, you start to build a show out in that fashion. And again, there's some more science to this, but if you look at like, just broadly speaking, if somebody is, uh, let's say somebody's goal maybe is more, um, you take like a Gimlet approach, um, Gimlet media, and you want something more along the lines of, your ad revenue becomes the main source of the, the revenue. You're going to need to make shows that are widely appealing, that are going to have large download numbers, those types of things. Versus if you're making a show that, say, you're, say you're part of a company, 100 plus people, you want to scale somebody in the C-level where you want to be able to have them sort of share their vision, their culture. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter if there's a ton of listeners and if it's geared towards your company, clearly your download numbers are going to be different. You can craft shows in different ways. And so you kind of go along those lines. And when you get down to the tracking the progress, that's where you start to vet the goals if it's working. You're going to look at, traditionally speaking, people are thinking about podcasts in terms of download numbers, 
Um, it's getting more accepted now and expected to think of things like consistency from episode to episode listens, consistency of just completion, like episode completion rates. But there's a lot of other things too, where it could be types of meaningful feedback you get, types of referrals you might see, types of engagement that you're getting online, increased website traffic, increased uh, newsletter opens. Um, it's really, I think the short of it, if I had to summarize the whole thing, you look at it, a lot of people will look at it strictly as the medium. They'll look at it as an audio standpoint. But to me, it's a, it's a means of getting somewhere else. And there's a lot of different ways that we can do it. And we just happen to focus on audio in order to get us to what those goals are. Right, Jeff. So that was really refreshing take on podcasting. And I know a lot of us are just dying to know what goes into a great voice on a podcast. Because, you know, you could be the host. Um, and as you said, someone who's in corporate and they're doing the voiceover themselves, and that's fine. Uh, but then also you've got voice talent who come in and they might do the intro, the outro, all of that, or, or they may even host a show. So just from a general standpoint, what are some of those things that you're looking for when you're branding a podcast with voice? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. And I want to I break it into two buckets. Um, you, you sort of alluded to this. On one hand, you have the host. Uh, this is somebody, I think more traditionally or, or quite often can be maybe somebody in-house or um, somebody that has a just a closer relationship to the show itself. Like I said, in our situations, we're often working with companies. Um, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say that we're producing "quote unquote" branded podcasts, but podcasts that just somehow are related to the company. So often, somebody will come in there. If there are situations though where we need to bring in like an actual host, and for something like that, it's really I'm looking for those human elements. I want somebody that hopefully has a pleasant voice. Um, it's sort of misleading. It's one of those things that I think especially probably voice actors and actresses will understand this. Like most people don't like their own voice. And so um, other people, if other people are telling you that you have a pleasant voice, you probably do, whether you believe it or not. But there's like kind of those baseline qualities there. Um, I want to know one huge one for me, and it's sort of hard to really describe is if the person's curious. Um, if you are a learner, if somebody really wants to dig into whatever the topic is, um, and especially if you're the host for a show, I think one of the misconceptions is you need to know every, you need to be a, a content expert on whatever it is. And I can say, we can elaborate more on this, but I'll just say briefly, that's not always the case. If you are a curious person, if you know how to ask the right questions, if you know how to ask kind of like open-ended questions to draw stories and images and just recollections and quotes and things out of people that's going to work fine and so it's a different set of qualities that i'm looking for if you're going to be a full-on host in the other bucket you have more of uh, kind of specialty tasks one-off tasks maybe common segments or themes for a show one example that i can give was for a show that we're producing with a former secretary of defense uh, the show's called At the Brink, and it's all among the threat of just basically nuclear weapons. And we look at a variety of different topics of how, um, say, testing has gone to how we've almost had um, accidental nuclear wars just because of like random accidents, um, what it's like to be a president and have the button to send off the nukes go <laughs> with you everywhere you are, like all those types of things. And there was one episode in particular where we interviewed several people that survived um, Hiroshima and the, some of those nuclear blasts. 
We ended up pulling from um, a specific book. The author is since deceased, and so we needed to hire a voice actor for it. And we actually went through a couple different people, um, but we looked at it. Um, we There was two people. One was originally, when you looked at it as a standalone, was very like dramatic, and it was actually on its own sounded better than our person two. Our person two was a little more reserved, was a little more story driven. But when we matched it to the tone and the theme of the entire show, and especially to the other guests that we had, person even though person one in isolation kind of quote unquote sounded better, person two fit everything, fit the the theme and the tone and the kind of the almost the culture of the episode better. And so it's it's looking at some of those qualities of from a baseline standpoint, like male voice, female voice, like all of those kinds of things, but also how does it sit within sort of the ecosystem of the audio and the show itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. I know whenever we're trying to find the right voice for a project, it's it's not just who might sound really great because anybody can sound great. It's who relates more to the copy, who can get into the head of the writer. Um, you know, it's just all these little things that a talent who either has some kind of of their own backstory or their own history they can draw on that that matches what you're looking for. But but also just like it's the authenticity, I think, that comes through. And oftentimes, um, you know, that's that is what sets someone apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a unique I mean, we could completely tangent on that. It's one of those things from my standpoint, um, like I said, being a teacher, um, I focus primarily on writing. And so I'm used to writing voice and finding people with distinct writing voices, but it's almost like the same exact thing applied to actual literal voice. And for voice actors and actresses who understand that and can sort of meet the bar or meet the expectations and, and actually have the, like you said, authenticity, but I would also add even say empathy of knowing what, what you're saying and what you're about and where that audio will live. I think that's such a it's a fascinating and unique skill that I'm not going to pretend that I do well. Like even though I've, I've hosted hundreds of episodes, but being an interviewer is significantly different than being an actual voice actor. It sure is. I can I can't agree with you more on that one. And uh, just while we're on the topic, you know, sometimes voice actors are hired to host podcasts about subjects that they honestly know next to nothing about, maybe just a little bit. And how can a voice actor prepare for shows like these? Yeah, that is a really great question. I, I alluded to it a second ago. I've been in situations like that. I can speak from, say, my own experience where I've posted, um, craziest one I did, this was an internal show, and it was for Nuance Communications. They're a, a larger international healthcare, or at least the division we were working with was healthcare. They, I think the short story is like they originally started in voice tech, and they were responsible, highly responsible for getting voice tech to work in cars, which was like, a dramatically hard situation because of all the different background noises and things. And then they took that technology and they started applying it to healthcare. And they were looking at it from uh, clinical documentation improvement, which is a very fancy way of saying taking notes as a doctor or a nurse is really what it comes down to. And so their software would allow you to do these things. Super complicated, like super fascinating, but very complicated at the same time. And I needed to host an internal show for them that was used primarily, again, we go back to goals, that was used primarily to help inform people going through their sales process or considering their product and to help onboard new uh, employees so they could 
hear directly from their customers of like what was important to them, what their struggles were, that kind of a thing. I knew nothing of what to do walking into that. And fortunately, though, like I said, I have the unfair advantage of of having lots and lots and lots of interviews in a variety of different things, kind of different verticals and industries and things. Um, and it really is, it's to not overcomplicate it, it's like, are you curious? Can you ask good questions? Are you human? Um, do you trust, do you listen and trust your gut? It's, it's some of the more intuitive um, people who know they have a high interpersonal skill set or a high intrapersonal skill set tend to do well um, because oftentimes when we are bored as the host, your listeners are probably already have been bored. When you're confused as the host, the listeners are already confused. When you get excited, it's because something magical is happening. And when you listen to that intuitive voice and when you actually care about who you're talking to or what you're talking about, it makes it possible um, to be able to do those things. So that's one example. I'll say one more that's a little more technical. We have a new show that we're starting in cybersecurity. And it's not like McAfee and make sure that you have it like in Windows virus thing downloaded. It's like defense level type stuff. And so this is way outside of our league right now in terms of content expertise. And we told them, we're like, okay, we're going to lean heavily into you for your expertise. You're going to lean heavily into us for how to build this show proper. And we're going through that right now where they're even hosting their own show, but with some of the assets that we provide, like question sets and things, um, it does take a bit of work. And so the second piece I would say is if you are in that position, don't be afraid to ask the people that do know what they're talking about. If, if you're walking into a situation and you need more context, if you need, um, some extra just insight so you can speak about something uh, intelligently or so you just don't look like a total buffoon, um, that's okay too. Like just be open and honest and, and work those things out up front with whoever you happen to be partnered with or working with. Excellent advice. Definitely ask questions. Um, one of the challenges I find for voice actors and for anyone really who's working in isolation is that you don't have uh, a consistent feedback loop. Like there's no one there saying, yeah, that's great. I, or I totally got it. Or, you know, your diction was so crisp. Like there's no one there. <laughs> you have to do all this all by yourself, which is excruciating for some of us. I know for some people, they just love it. It's all they do all day long. But there are actors who are maybe not so much on the intuitive side, but more on the, you know, everything is in my body and, and everything's outside of it. You know, I'm not so much in my head. I, I need to kind of just feel it, see it, touch it, taste it. So um, for people who are like that, like I was just thinking about like if, if you are unfamiliar with the content or you're not so sure, um, like sometimes there's maybe there's different forms of podcasts that they're better suited to. Uh, we had spoken before, and I know you've posted about this on your LinkedIn. Everyone should check out your LinkedIn, Jeff. It's really great. Um, but there's there's a difference between the kinds of podcasts that we can do. So um, from what you've said, there's the transactional kind of podcast approach for, for someone. And, and then there is a transformational one. So if you could just share some about those two podcast types and and how they differ, I think that would help put us at ease because then talent who are listening or anyone who's listening for that matter would know perhaps what kind of show they're better suited to either hosting for or being part of. Yeah, this is an excellent, excellent topic. Um, I cannot take credit for it. I've learned from a lot of 
great people in the space. Um, I want to the first thing to sort of widen the lens a little bit as you're as you're considering what kind of show to get involved with different companies and different people in the podcasting space uh, and really in the content and sort of like narrative radio, like the, the, the space as a whole, will talk about this differently. What it comes down to is making the show your own or making the show sort of unique. Um, there's a lot of different ways we can talk about this. Say somebody like Pacific Content is a, a major player in the space. They look at it in terms of, um, what is it? They, they call it creative bravery, I believe. You take somebody um, like uh, Jay from, what is it, Growth Marketers? Oh man, I'm sorry, Jay, I'm forgetting your, who you're associated with. I'd have to look it up. But he talks about it in terms of some of this transactional and transformational. And the idea is transactional content simply put, is something that you could Google. And from a marketing standpoint, this is what we have to kind of pay attention to of if I go and say I write a post on my, like one of our most popular posts uh, on our site is on podcasts, like what does it cost to, to do a podcast? I have to somewhat frequently keep that updated. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my rank because it's the type of question to just say, how much does this cost? Anybody could go and write about it. Even AI potentially could go and write about it. And it's just this like, hey, I need some information. Hey, here's my information. Practical examples could be things like reports, roundups, analysis, ask an expert, that type of a thing. We have a show that's very much like this. It's internal. It's just called Podcast Bites. I host it and I go through the process of basically every step that we do. It's transactional and I'm answering basic questions that people have. But where it starts to merge and where the other style of show is that might be more comfortable for you, if, if you aren't an expert in whatever that information is, if you can't just straight away give answers of like, hey, what's the, the quintessential radio industry microphone? Oh, it's probably a Shure SM7B. It might be debatably be something else and start rattling off all these like acronyms and numbers and stuff. If you're learning, you may want to lean into something that's more transformational content. These are the types of shows that are unique that are personal and that are often irreplaceable. These are things, practically speaking, like journeys, community, inspiration, or individual. It's the information that you can't get anywhere else because you're watching somebody go through that process. Um, practical examples for me, I think back to, say, the early, early days of the Smart Passive Income podcast. Uh, I don't know if Pat Flynn intentionally set it up that way, but he was very much on a journey where if you looked at any of his new stuff, it's like he completely knows what he's doing. But in the early days, he was very much learning. Um, we're in the process of even redoing, say, my personal show to fit this a little bit more because I'm just curious about a lot of things. And I was just talking with my wife the other day of what do we do with my personal brand? And part of it of what we're looking at is maybe sharing it more from uh, how do you how do you build a profitable business but not sacrifice your family in the process? That is something that if I just were to answer the transactional question of how do you manage your time well, anybody can answer that. But if I answer how I'm figuring out how to or how I'm figuring out how to manage my time well while having four kids and a baby and homeschooling and like all this stuff. And I'm just sharing like, hey, this is what I'm learning. We're still screwing this up. 
we're, we got this down pretty good. Let me give you the template of what we're doing for our schedule. Cause like I said, I just did that this morning. Then it, all of a sudden you are hooked on something beyond the information. You're hooked on a person. And that's where the voice actor or actress, if you aren't the expert per se, to be transparent about the journey can work for you. Brilliant advice. And there are definitely voice actors listening who have their own podcasts. So a lot of them tend to veer into the, you know, oh, here's the gear you need and here's the this, here's the that. But I find that the transformational content is so enriching, you know, like you learn about somebody, you go on a journey, as you've said, uh, and you get to feel like you're 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 with them on that. And it, that it's not that you're necessarily, you know, a peer on the same level, but it does feel like this is a friend speaking versus that's an expert talking to me. It's so wild. I, I can't even, the first show that we ever produced, this was before Come Alive Creative, um, this was 2012 was the first time I got into podcasting. I've been working in audio as a musician for probably 20 plus years or so. But my wife and my cousin and I were huge board game advocates and not like Candyland or Monopoly, but more like all the crazy Gen Con and Origins and all these specialty indie game conventions and things. So we got really d deep down into the rabbit hole of board games. And so we said, hey, let's start our own company. And we wanted to publish our own game, but we had no idea what we were doing. Like we had a loose sense of business and kind of some basics, but we didn't know how to make one or anything. And so we're like, okay, how do we learn and give back at the same time? And we started the show at the time it was called The Happy Mitten because our, our company was Happy Mitten being from Michigan. But it was Happy Mitten Podcast. And the only thing we focused on was the business of board games. And so we spoke to board game designers and artists and distribution chains and publishers and all of the people, manufacturers and all these things. And so what ended up happening, uh, kind of in twofold, we w shared this journey. I had no idea at the time that this was transformational content, but people watched us learn through the process and watched us get to the point where we went to Kickstarter and try to publish this game and and all these different things. But along the way, like you said, people develop connections. And I can remember distinctly, there was two different occasions where we wanted to go to a convention. It was in like, one was in Texas and one was in Indianapolis or something. And we put on the show, we're like, hey, we're not able to make it this year. We just had like family or other obligations, like our day job obligations, that kind of a thing. And within a day of posting the episodes, we'd have people reach out to us via email and say, hey, you know what? I cleared it with my wife. If you guys want to, you can crash in our living room <laughs> and like stuff like that, like no joke. And it's just phenomenal to me. Like that happens or we'd be at these conventions and they're like, oh my gosh, it's Jeff and Lee and Kyle. What are you doing? And then like people feel like they know you like and, and you have to kind of almost it's that gets out of the voice actor elements of it. But it's it's so crazy to me that you can feel like you develop these relationships with people. And I mean, think of, think of the own shows you listen to, and when, especially when they're more conversational or when they are more transformational, it feels like you know the other human. You have to remember if you ever meet them, you don't, but, but still, <laughs> like it's there. And it's so, it's so exciting. Like I said, it's such a fun medium to work in and the potential there is, to me, is like just off the charts. Yeah, I think that's an amazing reason to, have, you know, not only podcast, but to have community is that interaction you were speaking of. Mm -hmm. And it made me wonder, like, has anyone asked you to get like a branded mug or a T-shirt with, with your show's name on it? Because like that's, they know, that's even one step closer to being with you guys. But it's just such a sense of belonging, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think back, that's part, part of like the end of that story is we, uh, 
we got to a point where we brought a game. We went through the whole process and we're documenting it along the way as we're having all these conversations. And we got to a point that we brought the game to Kickstarter. We messed up a couple things in terms of um, how we were presenting it. And so it, it didn't do as well. And we were looking at it in both specifically my cousin and I were more of like the logistics side of the business. And we got to a point where we were at in the industry and just everything that we wanted to commit to that we decided to not do the game, but we actually turned around and went back to Kickstarter for our podcast to see, we're like, we think we have something here. And if you guys want us to do another, if just people, if listeners want us to do another season, here's the thing. And we, we offered some tier levels where like, you can be on the show with us. We partnered up with a ton of people in the community. Um, people were donating, like if you, if you, uh, support it at this level, we'll give you some like bonus content for this game, or we'll give you this book on gaming and all of that, that went I think double what we were originally hoping for. And to me, it was just such a testament of what you just said, the community of even you, you kind of laugh about it a little bit, but just being able to be part of something to, to donate, to get a physical thing, to have an opportunity to be on the show. Um, you can't, you can't create that with transactional content. Um, transactional content has its place. It's important. But if you're looking for, a longer lasting impact, like transformational content is definitely where it's at. That was an amazing answer. I fully agree. I, I love both kinds of podcasts. You know, when people are really good at doing the transactional, then that's fantastic. And certainly transformational. I think it just reaches so many more people. And speaking of which, Jeff, I think we're going to have to have you come back. You're going to have to come back again because there were <laughs> topics that um, we just haven't scratched the surface on that I'm sure will be great conversations too. So thank you for joining us on the show, Jeff. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, you're welcome. So if people want to learn more about you and what you do, where's the best place they can go to find you? Yeah, if you want to learn about, I'll, I'll sort of cheat. If you want to learn about what we're doing from a podcast standpoint, comealivecreative.com is definitely the best place to go. Uh, we're in the middle of a rebrand, so that'll be happening soon, and the site will be all new and pretty um, for, for everyone to look at. If you want to connect with just me personally, um, like you mentioned, I would say LinkedIn is likely the best place. I'm talking about podcasting um, every day. I have, I think I have posts scheduled 50 days in advance or something right now, and then I'm, I'm just becoming more and more active there. And so if you just search Jeff Large on LinkedIn, that would be a really good place to, to actually connect with me. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for listening and for following along. A special thank you to our guest, Jeff Large, for joining us today. We so appreciate the comments and feedback that we're receiving from you and are so grateful for each and every interaction. Now, that's the best way, the absolute best way you can help us with the podcast is to show us that you care by just having that interaction. So for Voices, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. On behalf of Vox Talks producer, Jeff Bremner, and the rest of the team here at Voices, we thank you for joining us and we look forward to spending more time with you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.